there was a little little boy who went home from school and his, uh, his mother asked a question, you know, did you learn anything new in school today? And he said, yeah, Mom, I learned something new. Four plus four is nine. And she said, son, I'm sorry to let you know that. She might have been in your, he might have been in your math class there, Dave. But uh, he, four plus four is not nine, it's eight. And they, which she said, well, I guess, Mom, I guess I didn't learn anything new at all then, did I? And I hope by the end of the message today, you will have learned something. I know that all of you know it all about sex and intimacy. I know you all know it. But maybe you could just learn a little something additional today. In the top of your notes, pull out your smartphone. Go to the Bible app. Yeah, I will talk about the hearts here in a minute. Uh, go to the Bible app. Go to um, events. You can pull up all your notes right on there. There's a set of sermon notes in color. Uh, Nancy printed them all in color there for you. Follow along there. I have the word definer at the top because I, uh, the word definer actually asks the question, who is defining intimacy? I have the definition right underneath there. Definer is to explain or identify the nature or essence, uh, I'm sorry, essential quality of something or someone. So let me ask you the question, what do you think is the definer of intimacy in the world. If it is the definer and identifies and explains the nature of it all, you and I have been so influenced by the world, it has entered into the church. It has entered into you and me. Trust me, you can't hardly, you don't even hardly know that you've been influenced by it. You've been, and I've been influenced by uh, Hollywood and movies, and, and then there's pornography that influences all kinds of people, and there's locker rooms and Oprah Winfrey and Teen Magazine all explaining what sex is all about and in intimacy. And then you have another definer. He's the creator. He's the creator of sex. He's the creator of intimacy. It was his idea. He created it. There's one entire book in the Bible out of 66 books. It's called Song of Songs, written by Solomon. It's back and forth between a woman and a man in love. And you're supposed to read it. You're supposed to get it. You're supposed to understand the picture wording and the poetry that is used. Hang on there a little bit. You will get it. So let's talk about intimacy a couple different ways. Number one, first let's define it as a gift from God. Folks, intimacy is a gift from God. That's why the world doesn't have a clue. Now, when you get a gift, lots of times you get a gift for Christmas or birthday or whatever. There's a couple different levels of gifts that you get. Sometimes you get a do-nothing gift. A do-nothing gift is you just get it and you put it on. It's a clothes, piece of clothing or something like that, and you're done with it. It's a baseball mitt. You go out and use your baseball mitt. But sometimes there are educational and instructional gifts, you know. Anybody here ever get a, a science little lab uh, when you were first? Yeah, get a science lab or something like that. You've got to figure it all out. How many of you have ever gotten a gift of a Lego or given a gift of a Lego? A Lego is an interactive gift. You know, you can't take, this has over 2,000 pieces. There is a, a, a diner in there, there is a workout room in there, and there's a radio station on top. 2,000 pieces. Do you think that when the person put this together, have you ever done a Lego, do you just dump all 2,000 pieces on the floor and then just say, well, I'll just look at the picture and put it together? Sadly, that's what people do with the gift of intimacy. They just figure, oh, we got all the parts. You all right out there? We got all the parts. We're just going to put it all together, and you just start, oh, just start messing around, start fooling around, start experimenting, and this type of thing. 
you know, figure we have all the parts and we think, what more do we need? This is an educational gift. Have you ever seen the TV show that talks about the creators for uh, Lego? They are some creative, artistic people. And they are intelligent in what they do. Now, if God is your creator, if God created the gift of intimacy, how much do you think you need to seek him, talk to him, read the instructions, and get some advice putting it together? Intimacy is, is a gift from God, and I would say to you it's like a box of Legos. Some of you get that? It's not a box of chocolates. It's like, a, it's like a box of Legos. Instructions required, help required, you know. Intimacy is a gift from God. You need him, and you need resources, and you need other Christians who have walked with the Lord. And that's what I love about the Candas, the, the, the uh, class that they teach on marriage. They really do a good job also about talking about intimacy. They've learned over time how to put this gift into practice. Matter of fact, I have two gifts here for anybody that wants a resource, one on this side, one on this side. Hey, you need some resources? You're not a fool thinking you know it all? Free for you. If you can't, there's some resources we'll talk about in just a minute. Folks, intimacy is a gift from a wonderful creator. Number two, intimacy is to be kept pure. Hebrews, the 13th chapter, verse 4. Marriage should be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept pure. For God will judge the adulterer and the sexually immoral. First part of that verse says marriage should be honored. Folks, there's not a whole lot of people honoring marriage. They are redefining it. They are making it same-sex marriage, which is an oxymoron according to the Scriptures. We love all people. We understand all people are sinners. But marriage, according to the Scriptures, is between a man and a woman. Marriage is... When's the last time you saw a TV show or sitcom, anything, that was really lifting up marriage? purporting the wonderful God's holy institution. You need to honor your marriage. You need to honor other marriages. We as Christians fight for them. Because this passage of Scripture says that the marriage bed should be kept pure. Now, this isn't just physically in bed. It's everything before and everything after. You see, when you're with your spouse alone, you can't be fantasizing about somebody else. You can't be looking at pornography. You can't be getting together with the girls and talking about the guy with his shirt off or vice versa, whatever it is. Some of you know about a Christian resource, Barna. George Barna does some research. Let me read you what he found about this generation. He said, quote, while half of adults think viewing pornography is wrong, only half. One-third, only one-third of teens and young adults believe it's wrong to view pornography because that's the breaking down of society. They are breaking it down, and we are here to say, no, avoid it. It is a way of committing. Didn't Jesus say, if you've looked at a woman lustfully, you have committed adultery? And it's not, you know what women tell me when we start talking about it? They say, don't just get on to men. It's women, too, with the pornography and everything. You have committed adultery. If you've committed adultery, there's only one way to get out of that. It's to repent. It's to ask for forgiveness. It's to determine, I'm never going to do that again. Folks, if, if you're participating in any of these activities, you know, you, you, just be careful. You, you, you're taking this impurity into your marriage. One of the things that brings impurity into marriage is it just seems, it's always just so innocent. It's flirting. I have in my notes, flare, flare, <laughs> fear the flirt. 
Fear the flirt. Whether you are the flirt or somebody's flirting with you, fear the flirt. There's not a person here that doesn't like to be flirted with. Come on. But you have to be a little paranoid of it. You have to know that if it comes, whoa, 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 watch out because it's the slippery slope that Satan is bringing to try to begin to divide marriages. And I'm not here to make anybody feel bad or wrong if you've been through a divorce or separation or whatever. I'm just trying to lay a foundation. You know, the root of many fights goes back to the fact that the husband or the wife was flirting. And they don't want to be so petty to pick on it or say something about it, but it's eating at them. You're looking at somebody else or somebody else is flirting with you, whatever it is. I've been out with a couple who was having problems. And as we were having dinner, she was talking about some gorgeous guy. She was talking about this, and he's gorgeous. And right in front of her husband, and he then, of course, did the same thing, right? Let's talk about somebody else, this, that, the other. How disrespectful is that? Husbands and wives, don't play that. Every one of us knows we can look at somebody and think they're, they're good looking, cute, whatever it might be. All right, keep your trap shut. You don't got to say it. You do, that is disrespectful, and you bring impurity and division into your marriage if you do that. When a husband and wife are pure, God protects them. He blesses them. He, he blesses that couple, and he brings that couple together. You see, you want God putting his arms around your marriage, so keep it pure. Number one, intimacy is a gift from God. Number two, it is to be kept pure. Number three, it is important to spiritual growth. Folks, there's one entire book of the Bible talking about it. That's why we're talking about it. I try to do it about every three years or something like that, whatever it might be. But uh, it's important to your spiritual growth. Do you know some of the spiritual disciplines that you learn in the scriptures? When practice in intimacy, make intimacy better. It's about some of the spiritual disciplines. Uh, imagine this. Uh, sex with your spouse is the fulfillment of, of uh, Genesis 2. And the two shall become one flesh. That's not just a picture word. When the two of you unite, it is one flesh. And to tear at your spouse is to tear at your own flesh. This is what the Bible teaches us. This is what so very often we just kind of forget about. And, and how about the, the uh, spiritual discipline about selflessness? Selflessness. The act of selflessness for your spouse, yet at the same time fulfills the words of Jesus. When you're selfless for the purpose of your spouse, Jesus said, when you deny yourself, or when, you, when, you, when you die, you actually find yourself. You actually find joy, and that's the wonderful thing about intimacy. When you're there all in for your spouse, you're happy too. The act of lovemaking is thinking about what is pleasing your spouse. Men, hear this. The couple who know that they don't know it all in the bedroom, work hard to learn, they communicate, they have Christian uh, uh, communications, uh, their, their desire is to be intimate in a relationship with God, and they're growing and they're learning about their spouse, and they're becoming intimate and they're growing spiritually. God desires to have a relationship with you. That's the essence of Christianity. Now, it'll take those same disciplined skills to be intimate and to build a friendship with your spouse. See, God created the gift of sex 
then the more that we grow and learn about and get better at it, the more we grow spiritually. But you have to practice spiritual disciplines. You can't help but grow spiritually. Number four, intimacy involves all of your senses. Intimacy involves all of your senses. You know what the five basic senses are, correct? Touch, sight, hearing, smell, taste. Do I really need to tell you how every one of those connect in intimacy? Okay, no. I know you want me to, but I ain't going there. Think about it, everybody, all right? Here's the definition for your senses. Quote, it's the sensing organs associated with each sense. They send information to the brain to help us understand and perceive the world around us. Imagine all five of those senses. That's how memories are made. Folks, in the act of intimacy, all five of those senses are, are, are heightened. Every one of those is key and important to the act of lovemaking. All five senses are involved. And I want to just pause to say, if you had been sexually active before you were married, you may struggle with some of those memories. Number one, take it to the Lord. Number two, bear on your soul unless you've repented. You need to repent of that. I told couples of them, you have to repent of that. And then you watch God help clean and help get rid of some of those memories. While you start fresh and new, God is able. Folks, have you ever watched a movie or something like that when all the senses are involved? You know, the, the, the guy comes in, he takes the woman, he throws her on the kitchen table, and they're hot and having at it. It was a movie Maria chose. I didn't choose it. And so, you know, and, and, and the, the, the thing that Maria comes out of Maria's mouth is, it is cold. It is hard. That is not comfortable. There might be some crumbs on that table. What are they doing? That's not intimate. Be careful of the world. Be careful of what they're trying to teach and tell you. It's, it's stupidity so many times. Folks, intimacy involves some of the most sensitive body parts. Hygiene is a big thing, folks. <laughs> You ever see one of those music videos where the guy comes in from, I don't know, rustling cattle, smelling like turds and sweaty all over the place, and this woman throws herself on him down? That, that ain't happening, man. If you stink, she's got a headache. Hygiene. A bath and a shower is a wonderful thing. It is wonderful preparation. Y'all right out there. Senses. Man, you got B.O., you got bad breath. I'll see you tomorrow. Hey, whatever, you know. Folks, remember, all of your senses. Folks, there are some times during different times, that, you know, sometimes there's some discomfort. Please realize that. There's different times of the month. Sometimes there's a little bit of pain. You have to work through some of those things. Please, get some help. Seek some advice. When a husband and a wife love each other with all of their senses, it sends information to the brain and makes memories. Number five, straight talk for husbands. For husbands, maybe you know this, and wives, I know you need to listen and hear this too. For a husband, the act of sex is an emotional release. We're not very good at crying. We stink at it. It's not who we are, okay? You get your frustrations in this thing by crying. For men, lots of times, you know, the, did you guys hear that LeBron James, after the first game lost, punched a whiteboard and busted his hand? That's what guys do when they're, they're frustrated. 
They punch things. Heaven help anybody's got a dog, the dog's going to get kicked, that's for sure. For husbands, this is an emotional release. You know, when a husband comes home, he's had a bad day, to be intimate with his wife helps to make it right. Do you hear the words coming out of my mouth? It's true. When your husband is struggling, guys, when you're struggling and you're feeling like a failure, intimacy gives you a new lot on life. Husbands and wives, please understand this. And while I know that intimacy can be holding hands and speaking kind words, and it starts first thing in the morning, everybody. It starts in the morning. It starts throughout the day, how men and women talk to each other. Ecclesiastes, this is for you guys. Listen, this is the New Living Translation. Live happily with the woman you love through all the meaningless days of life that God has given you under the sun. The wife God gives you is your reward for all of your earthly toil. Husbands, will you treat your reward loving and gentle? You guys know Aesop's fable, right? The tortoise and the hare, right? The hare starts off the race. And he's at the finish line, and your wife is the tortoise, and she's just getting warmed up. Y'all, y'all, y'all all right out there? She's just getting warmed up, and you're all the way at the end. You finish the race. You guys will never look at the tortoise and the hare the same, will you? Ever, ever, the tortoise and the hare. You're going to see that and think, "Oh my gosh!" You understand what I'm talking about? So the key is: is treat your wife tenderly, guys. We don't even know how to be tender. When you think you're going slow enough, go slower. Guys, when you think you are being gentle enough, according to your own standards, be gentler. When you're attempting to be soft, be softer than you think. Don't treat her like boys treat little girls, like a little kid, punch her in the shoulder, man, or pull her hair. That really worked in high school, didn't it, in grade school? Husbands, treat God's reward that he's given to you with loving understanding. Intimacy, number six for the wife, for wives. Sex is the romance that women have always dreamed about. I've got a lot of this information. I got, I got sisters, I got Christian friends, I have a wife, so many different people talk about it. It's the act of, of love. It's the fulfillment of the totally giving away of a woman's body and themselves to the one they trust. To the one that they've decided to trust. Now folks, ladies, let me give you a hint. Sometimes us guys don't have a clue. It is an educational process for us. You need to speak to us. You need to communicate to us. Your husband may think he's Don Juan when he's really Don Knotts. <laughs> All right? Don't hurt his feelings. Just, just communicate a little bit to him. Here's the lady's side from Song of Songs in the first chapter, verses 2 through 4. This is the New Living Translation. This, maybe this will help your language a little bit, ladies. Kiss me and kiss me again. For your love is sweeter than wine. How fragrant your cologne. Your name is like its spreading fragrance. No wonder all the young women love you. Take me with you. Come, let's run. The king has brought me into his bedroom. That's in the Bible, and a lot more than I didn't read. Ladies, if you say, hey, king, take me into your bedroom, you learned a lot today. 
You the king, man. For the wives today, this woman right here, she was helping her husband in his intimacy. She was helping him by knowing what to speak. She was helping him. So this woman is not frigid. She, she was romantic, and she was romancing her husband. Somebody taught me this. You know, this is not just for, this for men and women. Sometimes you need to have a secret signal at home. Whether you're by yourself, you got kids or something like that, you have some secret signal, and it asks a one-word question. Today? So maybe in the middle of your dining room table, you got a vase of flowers, you know, you face one flower south or you turn it and your husband or wife walks by and they can turn it to say yes or they can say, no, I have a headache. I'm helping y'all. It will help. You know why? Because you don't get up and you don't just go ask this question. Sometimes a secret signal helps. Do it and nobody in the house will know. But ladies, don't promise your husband intimacy and then change your mind. You're going to hurt his feeling like a little boy. Wives, if you can't think of your own romantic words, rewrite them and just quote from Song of Songs. One of the questions I have heard asked of pastors and have asked my, and has been asked of me is, is, what is allowed in the bedroom? What is allowed in intimacy? Uh, three things that I always try to tell people, nothing that is illegal. Number two, nothing that physically hurts your spouse. Wouldn't you just like to shoot Hollywood when they come out with a movie like Fifty Shades of Grey? Wouldn't you just like to kick somebody in the side of the head and watch their brains get splattered all over the place? I would. I am sick and tired of this crap. I'm sorry. Number three, nothing that is forced on them. There's some things that maybe you'll grow into, but you can't force things on each other. And that's why I have in your notes that only you can create foolishness or funnish in your intimacy. Only you can. Foolishness comes when you enter the bedroom and you think you've got it all going on. You're too ignorant to know you need help and you think you're all that. Then you're a fool. But funnish comes from the same person who knows they don't know it all and therefore they will get some information. They will study some things. They will get some resources. They will get Christian resources. Because fun only becomes a part of your sex life when you know you don't know it all and you are in the process of educating and learning. Folks, I can't tell you how couples that have started out all wrong and without Christ messed up their sex life and after 10 years it's still a mess. Somebody that wasn't going to be at church texted me this morning asking when is the message going to be online you know so I checked with Ryan and he said you know he'll get it online tonight and so sometimes that's the anticipation of the whole thing I have in here your central point it's the asterisk if you get nothing else would you just pull everything that I said together to say and understand this that intimacy it is a learned act if you're a guy or you're a woman and you think you all have it all together, you are fooling yourself. You are a fool. You're not born knowing all of this. You didn't learn it from pornography or the schoolyard or TV or the water cooler. You and I, we need to educate ourselves, find Christian resources. Do not go to the world for their resources. Stay far away. 
today as you get ready to leave. This is actually open for everybody, but there's felt hearts, and there's enough for everybody here, but most especially for, for couples. Almost whenever I do this, we have couples get to pick up a felt heart, and even as we were doing design teams, some of them were talking about they still have their felt heart, and they just were using it the other day, and this, that, the other. You basically take and you put this somewhere that you know your spouse is going to see it throughout the day, and it just says, I'm thinking about you. You know, if I don't know how it would be if you put it in his sandwich and it was like a little extra lettuce or something, but he'd find it. And he might not be too mad or upset about that. Folks, you know, sometimes you have to understand and know, just like everything else in life, intimacy has its seasons. There are the awkward seasons, no doubt about it. There are, the kids are here. I've been cleaning toilets all day. I've been cleaning up child projectile vomit. I'm really not interested right now. There are empty nest times. There are times of, please, hold on. It gets better. So in the bottom of your notes, educate and enjoy. It is a gift from on the other side of your notes, educate and enjoy. There's two resources. They're right at the top is one of the goals that we were going to have this year. Then there's a couple resources. Folks, there are Christian resources for women online. Men, you can read them too. And vice versa. Find some Christian resources. Find something that you trust. Here's some advice for husbands from husbands. Guys, disregard what you think you know about intimacy. Just disregard it. Flush it. Start brand new and fresh. Become an expert and educate yourself with Christian resources. Learn the unnatural, guys. Become romantic. It's not a natural thing for men. Read and learn. This is for both men and women from Song of Solomon or Song of Songs. Communicate and learn from your wife. And this is a quote. A fool out of bed is a fool in bed. You think about it. If you're not prepared before you get in bed, you're, you're a fool in bed. Here's advice for wives from wives. Don't use sex as a weapon or punishment against your husband. Consider his feelings and build your husband up. You can't always say no, have a headache, or back out of plans for intimacy. Keep open communication on why today won't work, when would be better, during intimacy, it's very important to talk about what works and what doesn't work. And then the last one, try and make it a priority for him. Be spontaneous, creative, and fun. Several different things from all kinds of different resources. I want to leave you with a quote from one of the godliest women that I know. She's since passed away, Elizabeth Elliot. She is a spiritual giant. She, she wrote a book, Let Me Be a Woman. Listen to what she says, quote, Who of us, given the chance to arrange the world to our liking, would have had the powers of imagination, the courage of the creator, when he conceived the idea of sex? We cannot suppose that he overlooked the potentialities, the pitfalls, the high risk that would accompany it. He saw them all, and he made a woman suitable, fit, for every, fit in every way for man, un quote from her book let me be a woman so let me drive home one last point to you today number one sex is like a box of legos it takes some instruction it takes some learning 
It is from a creative, creative designer. And we're always growing and learning. I'm sorry I ruined uh, Forrest Gump for you, but there you go. The last thing I ask you then is, did you learn anything new today? Please don't tell me four plus four is still nine. Father God, as uh, we wrap up this series and wrap up this message today, you are the awesome, the wonderful creator of everything that is called marriage and love and intimacy. We as Christians cannot be afraid to talk about it and to talk about it right because the world is making a mess of it. Thank you for your gift given to a man and a woman inside of marriage. Help us keep it pure. Help us get on track. Help us to communicate, Father God. Help us to humble ourselves in this approach as we have humbled ourselves in so many and be learned by you and be learned by others who have gone before us. Thank you for the resources you've given us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.